Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Well, hello there, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm your host, Father Keith Brown, also known as the Buy Guy. And my mission in life, as well as the mission of this podcast, is to help my LGBTQIA Christian family heal their church trauma, create healthy and happy relationships, and construct authentic and affirming faith if they desire. So if that's you, guess what? You're in the right place. You are truly welcome here, I promise. Now, a couple disclaimers, if I may. Number one, the views expressed in this program are either the views of myself or my guests and they should be considered as such. Number two, I am not a licensed therapist, nor am I a medical professional. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a licensed professional. Otherwise, grab a cup of coffee, have a seat at my table, and let's chat on this episode of Coffee with Keith. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I am so very glad that you could join me for this podcast today. And this is a Table Talks episode where we're going to talk about the LGBT life and um, talk about how we can live it better. And one of the things I want to talk about today is self-love. Now, and I know that's a big topic, and there's been a lot of people that talk about it. And, you know, sometimes we just kind of roll our eyes when we hear about this topic. But I think it is something that's very important, and it's something that we need to think about. And I want to set this discussion up by telling you a little story and trying to make a connection, I think, that will make it a little bit more, at least a little bit more logical as to where I'm trying to go in this, maybe. Um, and I take you back to my first marriage, and um, I was married to my first wife. Um, I don't remember how many years we, we were into the marriage, but we had our son, and he was a, a little fella. And we found out, we were in the, in the uh, lookout for a dog. We didn't have a dog at the time, and we wanted one, and we thought it would be good for our son to have a dog to, to love on as well. Um, but we knew that we wanted to rescue one. We didn't want to go to a a breeder, anything like that. So somehow through my wife's work, she found out that this dog was available. It was at a bed. It had been rescued. And um, it was a brown lab, which I love labs. And at that time, I knew that labs were great with kids as well. So we decided to go and visit the, 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 the veterinarian and check out this lab. When we got there, they told us that 
she was a precious dog, but she had been abused. They could tell when they got her in that she had been abused. And so my wife and son, the moment they saw her, they fell in love. They were convinced right away. But Keith, being a little bit more careful, decided I want to spend a little bit more time with this dog and really see how she responded. Um, and just to make sure that I didn't have anything to worry about, especially around my son, that maybe she had some hidden aggressiveness or something like that. So I took uh, her and I put this dog on a leash and I took it outside and I began to walk with her a little bit and began to spend some time with it. And she did quite well. She took to the leash and she was very obedient. And But I could also tell that she was very standoffish a little bit. And uh, we decided to take her home. We decided to take a chance on her and we took her home and we named her Montana because at the time I just... I had this fantasy, if you will, about moving to Montana. <laughs> I don't really know why, but that was just one of those stages of life, I guess. Uh, so we named her Montana. That was my wife's idea. She said, here, here's, here's your Montana. So anyway, we named her that, and she was she she spent time with us. She was an indoor dog. We, we kept her inside, and um, we could tell that it, you know if somebody raised their voice a little bit, even if it wasn't directed at her, she would kind of jerk or, or kind of move away or, or kind of even, you know, cower down some. And and we could tell that if we raised even a, a hand initially to pet her, if we raised a hand toward her, she would begin to react. She, she would be scared. She was afraid that we were going to hit her. We could tell all the signs that she had been abused. She, she had been yelled out. She had been, been, you know, hit many times. We could tell that that was true of her. But what I can tell you is that over time, we began to love on this dog and spend time with this dog. And she began to warm up to us and she began to trust us. And she just became from what was to what became just a magnificent dog. I can tell you honestly that she was the best dog that I ever had, really. And um, we just loved her as a family. She was that wonderful. And so she, in fact, at night, um, she would go and, and she would lay beside my son's bed with her with her face pointed at the door, just make sure to protect him as he slept. And, and then um, I remember during thunderstorms, she would get really scared. And, and I don't know if that was part of the abuse or just the fact there were thunderstorms, but I remember um, going into the living room and the, the den area and laying on the floor and just holding her during these severe thunderstorms. And, and she would just kind of, you know, cry a little bit and, and I would hold her. So when I tell you I have fond memories of this dog, I really do. And sadly, we did have to put her down uh, eventually. And that was one of the hardest things I've ever done, to be honest with you. But I tell you this story to, to show you an illustration about this dog and how it applies to us. You see, one of the things that I know is that many of you within the community have been beaten down by other people. You've had people say ugly things to you. You've had people speak negatively to you. You've had people tell you perhaps you're going to hell. You've had people say all these nasty things either directly to you or to the to or about the community within your hearing. One of those two things. I know that you've heard it a lot, and we understand that, and we understand that that has led to a lot of trauma. We understand that there are 
pains and, and hurts that we've experienced, much like my dog. And it takes time and it takes care and it sometimes takes somebody else coming alongside us to pour into us and to show us and, and listen to us and help us and to uh, guide us through the process of healing. Okay, so all of that is a given and we can see that we can come out on the other side very good. But here's a thing that I want to talk about today. I believe for many of us, some of the worst attacks, the worst abuse comes from ourselves. Think about it. In your life, how many times have you said ugly things to yourself? How many times have you put yourself down? How many times have you said you're not good enough? How many times have you made excuses about you can't do this, or I'm terrible, or I'm not enough of this, or they can't love me, or I'm not fit to be loved, or and the list goes on, on, on. And every time we raise a hand of abuse to ourselves, we become more cowardly. We become more withdrawn. We become less than. And we cannot perform at our highest level. We cannot be our best selves. We cannot stand in a strongness. And we can't live a full and powerful life if we're constantly beating ourselves down. And yet I am convinced that many of us, even today, are still doing this on a regular basis. Why do I know that? Because I've done it to myself. There have been many times when I have spoken bad about myself. I've made flippant statements about myself that truthfully, if I really examine them, aren't really true. But I said them because it's sort of how I felt. And then I hear that and I own that and it affects me. And the same is true for you. I think one of the things a lot of people in the queer community have struggled with is learning how to love themselves well, how to love themselves fully. And partly it's because they haven't experienced a love in their life be you know, because of who they are. They've received love, perhaps conditionally, on who they pretended to be. And because of that, they never understood how to receive love for their true authentic self and then to express the love to themselves because of it. There's been a breakdown there. And I think that a lot of people within the community within the community have struggled with this. So what do we do? Well, I think first of all, we need to begin to catch ourselves when we start to say these ugly things to ourselves. I mean, I would say at the end of the day, maybe take that journal and think about, you know, what did I say to myself today? What, what kind of statements did I make about myself to myself or in front of others, to others about me? And I don't know about you, but I've done that. And sometimes they weren't kind. And sometimes they are even worse than what other people say about me. So I think the first step is to just be cognitively aware of what we are saying to ourselves on a regular basis. It can be, man, I'm fat, or I'm ugly, or, you know, my ears are too big, or, 
you know, I'm losing all my hair and, you know, whatever the case may be. Think about what you're saying to yourself. And then there's one other little exercise that I want you to do, or at least I would encourage you to do. And I, I have used this myself and I've encouraged my clients, almost every client to do this because I believe that we need it. What I suggest is that every single morning when you get up to go to brush your teeth, go to the bathroom and brush your teeth, whatever the case may be, when you go to the bathroom and you are standing there ready to brush your teeth, I would like to suggest you do this little simple thing. You look directly into the mirror, into the eyes of that reflection before you, and you say these Three simple words. I love you. I also suggest that you say it three times. Never losing focus from the eyes of the person reflecting in the mirror. Look into those eyes. See the years of pain behind those eyes. See the potential behind those eyes. See the hurts that that person behind those eyes have experienced. Look into those eyes and say, I love you. And I submit to you that if you do that every single morning, you're going to see an impact on your thinking on your emotions. And it's going to begin to make a real difference in your life. I really believe that. I've seen it. I've had clients tell me that. And so I wanted to share that with you. Give it a shot. See what you think. Until next time, my friend, make sure that you are healing those hurts, moving those mountains, and may God bless you. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, my friend, this episode of Coffee with Keith. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. Now, please stick around. One more announcement I want to give you. God bless you. See you next time.